Welcome to the Retirement Oasis, a podcast that helps you enjoy, plan, and visualize a retirement lifestyle defined by you. Your hosts and fiduciary financial planners, Mel Bond and Steve Martin, are here to offer wisdom and encouragement along with financial and lifestyle ideas for your journey into the best season of life. And now at the helm today, your hosts, Mel Bond and Steve Martin. Hello, welcome to the Retirement Oasis. We've got another podcast episode in store today, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm Steve Martin, one of the hosts, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Mel Bond. Hello, Steve. Let's talk about travel. I love travel. Absolutely. We're going to be, this is our second episode regarding travel in retirement. In previous episodes, we covered a few different aspects. I'll recap in just a bit, but today we're going to talk about some other unique issues about travel and retirement, the, the financing and, and budgeting for travel, the need to talk with your spouse and the need for spouses to be flexible with travel and retirement, and the fact that we can go through different seasons of travel in retirement. We'll touch on that and, and much more today, but I just want to recap what we talked about in our last episode because it does pertain to some of the things we're going to be talking about today. One thing we talked about was the differences between travel and vacation, right? Travel is more of a kind of an adventure. Uh, as Blog said, it's an adventure that leaves you with a lasting sense of awe. So keep that in mind. Vacation is more of a relaxing, energizing. You need both aspects of of traveling, if you will, but that that traveling sense of awe is, is kind of what we're focused on. And why we travel in retirement, lots of different reasons. It gets us out of our comfort zone, expands our horizons. Uh, it can be a learning experience, right? Whether it's learning about the culture, the language, the history of where you're going. Uh, again, it helps us relax and rejuvenate. That should still be part of travel or vacation in retirement. From a more practical perspective, allows us to see family and friends uh, throughout the nation and, and throughout the globe. In retirement. Or take your family and friends with you on your exactly. trip. You combine all of that. Absolutely. Combine and, it. Yeah. yeah, we touch on that. And retirement's different in retirement uh, for a number of reasons. One, we've got more time, more flexibility. So that can, and we've got a plan around that with, with in light of that. And there's a limited window to travel, right? You know, when we're in our 30s, we think, oh, we, we want to see the world. We've got plenty of time. Hey, if we retire at 65, let's face it, there's a limited number of trips we have left in us. So we want to create that bucket list early and, and plan accordingly. We've got to be more concerned about health and security as we age, as our health deteriorates a little bit. But also we have a wider group to travel with. It's no longer just about you know our spouse and our, and our kids or our spouse and our parents. Much, much more a wider group that we should consider and may have to consider to travel with. And what do we do during travel in retirement? Uh, it's, it can be a little bit different in retirement compared to our working years. Again, we've got more time on our travel excursion so we can live like a local. That can make a huge difference in how we experience our travel. Again, we, we can see family and friends before we didn't have a whole lot of time. We may have uh, traveled and, and crashed at their place on the way to another place, but now we can have time to rekindle those relationships. Travel learning becomes more important. Travel in renewal, some neat aspects of that we talked about. Travel and volunteering, going on mission, short-term missions, and, and combining that with travel. Travel and work, semi-retirement. We talked about that, Mel, and we're doing some of that now, but that can be take on a, an added dimension in retirement. Uh, so again, we cover a lot of different things. If you haven't listened to the prior episode, those are some of the things we covered, but we wanted to give you that context 
as we talk about different things uh, about travel in retirement. And one of the things, Mel, that you're going to touch on is the the cost and the budgeting that goes along with planning for travel in retirement. Yes. You know, a lot of people think of budgeting as, I don't know, they, they don't like it that much, but budgeting does give you a lot of freedom. And I think also uh, when it relates to travel, you're kind of, you know, the retirees are heading into this new season. They have this desire to travel, but they don't know what uh, that desire is going to do to the rest of their budget. Are they going to have to give something up in order to travel? Are they going to have enough money to travel? So let's talk a little bit about that cost of travel, how to budget, save for it. And, you know, it's interesting because you and I found that near retirees often haven't done a good job predicting how much they're going to travel and how much they're going to spend on travel in retirement. It seems like they're still thinking about travel as they did when they were working. Right. Oh, we're going to take a week here. We're going to go two weeks there. They think of, I have to be home all the time, but I have one week to go somewhere. So let's go somewhere. They're still thinking of travel in Mm -hmm. those terms and budgeting that way. But you've got so many more travel choices and, and we've explored a lot of those. And so there are, if, if you don't, to be honest and, and to be fair to them, if you don't have a good, clear idea of how you want to spend your time traveling in retirement, and, and that's understandable, it's hard to, to budget for it correctly. So let's talk a little bit about the potential costs, and we'll kind of look at this at a, at a high level. But according to Motley Fool, 40% of retirees are spending more than they anticipated on retirement. And travel is one of those reasons. 40% say they're spending more than they had thought. You know, we talked to somebody recently, Steve, who, who said, you know, you go to those online retirement calculators and they tell you, you're going to spend, you know, 70% of your pre-retirement budget. And they're like, I don't think that's right. That's too low. And this information from Motley Fool kind of backs that up. The budget for travel can range, of course, anywhere from nothing for those who aren't going to travel to $50,000 or more for global travelers with some uh, high taste. I think we heard about around the world uh, flight that was going to be 62000 a person. Hmm. Not everybody does that, though. Again, according to Motley Fool, the average travel budget uh, for someone in retirement is a little over 11000 a year. And that's about right with, with the clients we've seen, again, varies drastically and and they go through seasons. We'll touch on that, right? Early years, uh, probably uh, arguably should be higher for those that like to travel early years of retirement, probably going to be higher than that. So devil's in the details and what the individual uh, or couples actually want to do. Yeah, very good point. And this $11,000 number from Molly Fool might be an average for all retirement years or everybody that did their survey. But we've referenced many times you know, when you first retire, you have these go-go years. I've got energy and health and I want to go. And then uh, maybe 10, 15 years later, they go a little bit less, right? We call those the slow-go years. And then late in life, they have the no-go years. So I'm not sure this 11,000 year is pointing to, but still it's helpful to hear that's an average for the people who responded to the Motley Fool survey. But rather than looking at averages, you really need to decide for yourself how you want to travel, how much, how far, in what manner. And only with that starting point can you begin to think about your costs. And that can help you, you know, maybe adjust the priorities of your travel goals so that uh, it will fit a little better within your budget. 
when you get that clarity on the cost of your retirement, your travel and retirement, you can then really get the most out of that budget, that travel budget, and really travel to the, to the farthest extent that you want to go when you get a little more information on those costs. Again, the freedom of a budget is I know what I can spend. And if I'm spending up to that amount, I can go spend those dollars and really enjoy the, the whole you know experience. And that's what this clarity of your budget, travel budget can do for you. Many retirees don't plan on doing these things or are traveling some because they're uncertain how that cost is going to affect their, their other finances. So take some time to talk, think, understand what is ideal for you and what your finances are going to allow. And then you can really enjoy your travel. Little side note here, remember that for budgeting purposes, some of your normal expenses of pre-retirement, of normal career life, some of those expenses are going to go away. And they'll be replaced by some other expenses, including travel. And also remember that when you're traveling, depending on how you're traveling, some of your normal at-home budget is still being spent, but you're now spending it with you on the road. And of course, food is a great way to think about this. If I'm going to settle in at a beach house for two weeks, I'm still going to buy groceries. But if I eat there in that home on groceries and not eat out at seafood restaurants every night, then my food costs that are in my normal budget include the food costs of my travel. And so that that might help you think through a little better of uh, travel costs for yourself. If you travel for an extended period of time, then your utility expenses will probably go down. You can shoot, uh, you can get these smart thermostats and you can adjust your many aspects and, and a smart home, you can adjust many aspects of your utility expenses at home and reduce those costs while you're traveling. Uh, so you're helping save money at home so you can spend it traveling. I did want to mention uh, frugality. While it's important to budget and look for ways to stretch your dollar, we just want to encourage you to not be so focused on costs that you're, you're taking the enjoyment out of travel. It, if, and again, as we've said, if you understand your whole plan your and all your resources, then the money you set aside for traveling, you can enjoy. And, you know, let yourself say, I'm, you know, I'm going to enjoy this trip because it's in the budget and it, we're, my life is, is not going to be, my future life is not going to be harmed by me taking this trip today. And this is something I've always wanted to do. I'm going to go enjoy it and uh, then do that. We've seen a lot of individuals who do a great job for saving for retirement They've been frugal. They've counted their pennies. They've piled it up. They've invested well. And it's hard to make that transition from saving, saving, investing, investing to spending some money, including spending money on travel. So take your step back. Think about this new season and explore the different ways that travel could be a part of your life. Yeah, Mel, what's, we heard a client say this the other day, and we've used it occasionally. If, if, if you don't fly first class, your kids or grandkids will, right? So, so <laughs> someone's got to spend the money. And in, in one area I look at sometimes when I travel is, you know, watch eating out, right? Uh, going to restaurants. But, but gosh, if you're 
traveling internationally, that's one of the reasons why you're why you're going to experience the the different food. So yeah, you've got to you don't want to be too frugal. Uh, but shifting to that, you, you do want to look at different ways you can save money. And in retirement, because the nature of uh, travel in retirement, I think it is a time in which you can look to save money if you're cognizant of some of the opportunities out there. So let's touch on a few of those right now. So transportation costs, obviously transportation costs can really add up for any kind of travel. So it's important to plan the logistics before you travel. Again, traveling during your working years might have been a little bit easier. You had to fly to one place and you had a minimal amount of traveling within the city. You're probably seeing a few things there. Didn't have to plan it out as much and you had limited time to see different things, to experience different things. But during retirement, your time and budget may allow you to engage in more full trips, if you will. This this concept of slow travel or, or not having a firm start and end date and having a more time may create a lot of flexibility to allow you to not only experience the world differently, but perhaps save money in the process, right? So for example, if you're going to visit, I've always wanted to visit multiple locations, try to plan that out. If you wanted to, you know, visit uh, Portland at some point, Seattle at some point, well, do that in one trip and then maybe add in Yellowstone or, or uh, Northern California or Vancouver, extend the trip a little bit more instead of having, you know, three different round trip flights, you have one round trip flight and you want to space that out and have a, some respite in between, you know, being on the go all the time. But that is one way to really save some cost and see more of the world by having more of a slow flow travel, if you will. Well, another aspect of traveling and saving some money, but still getting a rich experience is thinking about traveling to areas that are less expensive than than other places, countries or cities that are less expensive than other countries or cities. And another thing I'll add to that is traveling more during periods of time where you're, when your dollars go farther. Sometimes you can have a great experience, just as great as a destination A, if you move and go to destination B. So that means maybe you're moving away from some of the popular destinations that really appeal to tourists and have prices <laughs> that reflect the demand of tourists around the world. And by moving away from those popular cities, you can go to cities that are less expensive. Now, we're not saying that you have to go to Alabama instead of Italy. But you might want to get creative when traveling overseas. And I can say what I just did because I'm from Alabama and I still regularly visit family and friends there. And Alabama is a great place to visit. But if you want to go to Italy, let's find a way to go to Italy. Italy does not have the barbecue that Alabama does. That's the that's the downside. Well, that's that's true. And they don't have those fried crab claws like I get oh, down on the Gulf Coast. Nice. Well, I don't know. Maybe they do. I'll, I'll need to go look for that in Italy. But here's another example, like instead of going to Tokyo, which is a very expensive city to visit, you might find another city in Japan or even another country, like say, well, I'm going to go to Thailand. I've always wanted to go to Thailand and see certain sites there and eat that food. It's an incredible food. And that would be almost as good to me as going to Tokyo, but the trip's going to cost, you know, a, a fraction of the, of, of the price. And 
one thing we're starting to hear right now, and of course, this podcast being recorded late in 2022, the U.S. economy seems to be slowing down a little bit. The U.S. dollar is stronger now than it was a year ago compared to, to certain foreign currencies. And uh, we're hearing more about travel bargains. Somebody said yesterday, oh, my niece went to Turks and Caicos for $200 round trip. And I thought, wow, I need to check into that myself. So now is a, is a, you know, a time where demand for this uh, type of travel is decreasing and so costs are coming down and you can find some great bargains. Another thing to do is to focus on experiences and not on things. As Mark Twain said, we will be disappointed in the things we did not do. Life fulfillment is not about material things. So it is wise to budget on experiences, not only when you travel, but during your traveling. While many experiences uh, will not cost you money, you might have to be willing to spend some money on certain experiences. And if you can avoid buying the travel trinkets or overpriced restaurants while traveling, your dollar will go farther and that gives you more experiences. Absolutely. And some more travel hacks, Mel, that I'll touch on. Um, look for senior discounts, right? There's a plethora of different senior discounts for all kinds of things, but especially in the travel realm, you know, AARP has various affiliations. You could look there. Some airlines give seniors discounts, so be aware of those. And of course, there's a lot of different internet sites there with the travel hacks to uh, to look at, and we'll have a few of those uh, links on our show notes. One other idea, of course, travel during non-peak times, right? Whether it's hours or different seasons throughout the year, since we can be flexible when we're retired, we can be flexible in our travel dates. It's great to take advantage of that, you know, maybe not flying on the the weekend necessarily. In some cases, maybe flying on the weekend is better. Flying in, you know, or going on trips in September rather than August. So obviously be aware of those. Look for various apps or sites that cater to looking for those discount travel periods. Uh, there's Google Flights. Those kinds of uh, apps can can help you save some money. You know, in addition to looking for travel during the non-peak times, looking for ways to travel last minute can provide discounts. And again, there's a lot of different websites there that that could be fun too, uh, right? You can say, okay, let's let's be open to traveling in October. Let's see what comes up, and then just kind of picking that that spontaneous travel can be fun. I, I like to plan ahead, but but that kind of aspect can can add an element of adventure in retirement. And you know, some of the websites for like I know Southwest Airlines, you say, I want to, you know, I'm going to fly to Denver and uh, these are my dates. They'll ask you, are you flexible on your times? And if you say yes, they might pick a cheaper flight for you that's a day or two before or after the date you chose, but you're saving quite a bit of money by taking the less expensive flight. Yep. That could be huge. Using technology is critical. You know, travel rewards, right? Be, be aware of that. You know, we have some of our clients have traveled a lot. They've got, you know, points from certain hotels or airlines. So they're using that. But if that's not you, you can still take advantage of certain rewards. So maybe during a season of your life, if you're doing intense traveling, maybe getting the right kind of credit card can give you some extra travel rewards. So look at that on what 
what kind of travel you might want to do, what airline you maybe prefer or ho- or hotel, and maybe use their credit cards to get a little extra points for travel. Again, look online too to see what kind of travel hacks are on there. There's uh, and we'll have some links here. There's uh, the points guy. Everyone's heard of that. Probably ARP. The balance senior travel. So anyway, there's a lot of different sites on there to look for travel rewards in the most effective manner. Okay, Steve, let's talk about using your home as a resource in your pursuit of travel experiences. And this is uh, an area that is really developing rapidly thanks to technology and online services. There's ways to use your home that that many of us may have never thought of. Of course, you could uh, rent your home out while you're traveling. Airbnb would make that possible uh, or some service like that. If you were going to be gone for six months or, or a year, you could rent your home out while you're gone. Of course, being a landlord can be difficult. You might have to hire a management company to take care of things while you're out of town. And then this uh, short-term rental, different cities around the country have put some constraints on short-term rentals and making it harder for someone to just decide, oh, I'm going to put my house on Airbnb. And we had someone, uh, client say a few months ago, boy, if if you're going to put your house on the Airbnb, it is no longer your home. (laughs) And I guess they're speaking to, oh, I've got to put this away and that away and I don't want somebody to break this precious thing I own. And so you're kind of moving things around and packing up boxes and storing it in a locked closet somewhere. Uh, But that is a choice you have. Another choice is to downsize. And downsizing can actually provide some additional resources for your travel. When you sell your current larger home and, and buy a smaller, less expensive home, you might pocket some profit. And that increases the size of your retirement portfolio and helps fund some travel. If you think through this move correctly, your regular maintenance and utilities costs might be less in the new home. And there is this uh, other idea in this concept of downsizing or moving, and that is to find a place and buy a place that is, quote, lock and leave. So imagine if you lived in a condo with no yard to maintain and there's locks downstairs in your building so that the public can't just come in and walk up to your door. You're not exposed to burglars just roaming around and lock coming into a back door to break in because you're you're in a condo building somewhere. And with that kind of freedom, you can just check that those flights, check the cruise schedule. Oh, if I if I can get down to Tampa in, you know, Two days, I can take that cruise for a third of the original cost. Let's go. Well, if you've, you're in a place that's a little more friendly to you know being gone, a lock and leave kind of place, pack your bags, get to Tampa, and get on the cruise. Steve, you and I both live in a place like this. And I mean, what? We, we did this a few weeks ago, going out of town for work. I lock the door, I head out, and you know I just need to make sure my plants are going to be okay. And that's it. Your plants are all succulents, are they? They don't need water. They thrive when they're not watered regularly. Yeah, I don't have plants anymore. I think I killed them. But yeah, that's uh, makes it easy for you. It makes it easy. That's a that's a good move, actually. Mm -hmm. Well, and the same thing with pets, right? We haven't talked about pets and travel. But if you've got a pet, then you will need to accommodate that. But you can make your home 
it, you can reduce your home as a hurdle to your ability to travel. So some retirees use a relative's home as a home base. Uh, maybe there's an in-law suite or in-law quarters in the basement. Could be your parents' home that you move into or one of your kids' home. If one of your kids is thinking about moving, you could help them buy a home with a good basement and a in-law suite down in the basement and you move into there. That might allow you to travel very easily. As a more extreme solution, you could actually sell your home and just travel. You can go to move to a different part of the country. Steve, you were mentioning that, I think a while back, right? Oh, I'd like to move to, I don't know what, Sedona or something. I'm going to move to Sedona for a year or two. Well, if I'm going to do that, I might just sell my house, move there, hang out there for a year or two or three, and then decide where I want to move to next. Another idea is uh, kind of related to that. Sell your home and I'm just, I'm just going to travel. I might rent somewhere for a year. You know, there's a lot of choices here, right? You have people who live out of their motorhomes. You have people who live out of a one of those big vans. You're just a, a vagabond. And there are websites that are all about this lifestyle that can help you uh, learn about how to make all of this happen. Yeah, it's such a big financial asset uh, that it could be used in some ways to expand the possibilities of your travel. So a lot of good considerations. And we'll have some links, Mel, to some of the things you mentioned, some of those vagabond travel sites. Those are pretty neat to look at, some of the things that different couples are doing out there. But wanted to continue the theme about extended trips. You know, are extended trips right for you? Again, in retirement, it's a different time in uh, di different ways that you can travel compared to when you're working. So you can take extended trips. But one consideration is what what's the maximum length uh, of trip that you're comfortable with? Some say four weeks is probably max, especially if it's overseas. Others say, hey, five months, you know, you can do five months relatively comfortably. And again, some some are the vagabonds do it do it indefinitely, but how long you travel will be impacted by, of course, other factors, and it will impact other decisions of yours in retirement. And some of the factors, let's look at that, some limiting factors. So if you need to care for others, right, if you need to care for your parents or, or grandkids, maybe you don't have to care for grandkids, but you want to, or even your kids that you might have to care for, then your travel may be a little bit more limited. Or it may suggest you need a plan ahead. So, okay, if your parents are in good shape right now, maybe you travel before you have to take care of them. Or if they're not in great health now, maybe say, okay, this is a season of life. I need to take care of them. After they don't need as much help, then you can travel. So, again, looking at that in advance can optimize uh, your ability to travel in retirement. And, you know, Steve, we've mentioned before previous episode that you could schedule a trip with one grandchild, right? And then got seven grandkids. Maybe I schedule out seven trips over the next two, three, four years, talk to the parents and, and the grandchildren about, hey, let's go here, let's go there. And now you're taking part of your family with you in your travel experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Combining yeah, two huge aspects of fulfillment. I like that. Uh, health issues, that's another factor, right? When you were considering extended travel. Again, one of the big things on that is that understanding that there might be a limited time to travel because eventually health issues or certain disabilities might prevent us from traveling. So take advantage 
advantage of that as you can, as you suggested, Mel, in your go-go years early on in retirement. And there's other practical considerations about health issues. You know, what's your health insurance cover if you travel overseas? What kind of doctors do you need to see regularly? And how does that impact your ability to travel, your prescriptions, how long they last? What are some alternatives? So a lot of practical issues around health when traveling for extended periods of time. Uh, taking a break in, 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 during our travels, you know, we talked about that earlier, travel versus vacation. So if you go on extended periods of time for travel, just know that you don't always have to be on the go, right? If you're on the go five months straight, yeah, that that does not sound too appealing, but you can break it up quite a bit. Again, that aspect of slow travel, you can take two days, three days, or even a week off just to relax and and that allows you to get maybe maybe more immersed in the culture, which has added benefits. So don't feel like you always have to be on the go when you travel. Lots of benefits of of taking those 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 many breaks. And other practical considerations, Mel, you touched on some of these. You know, maintenance of your home while you're gone, pet issues, your volunteer commitments, important family events. You know, whether grandchild's birthday or or anniversaries or what have you. You know, spending an adequate amount of time in your faith. How do you overcome that? You know, if you travel overseas, how do you supplement that? How to handle emergencies? So definitely have to plan ahead if you're doing extended trips. But a lot of times we hear these limitations as complete obstacles. They really shouldn't be. They just need to be planned for. Very good point. Well, let's talk a little bit about who you're traveling with. That's usually your spouse or significant other. And as you Talk about travel goals with them. Just, you know, let's let's be flexible as you, <laughs> you know, anybody in a long-term relationship has learned you have to be uh, flexible about some things. And so that might mean location. You don't get to go to the, that one location you've always wanted to go to. Maybe you have to pick something a little different. Could be activities, could be duration of the trips. Uh, for example, maybe you want to go somewhere and do a few things, but you just kind of want to sit around and experience, you know, the climate in that location. Boy, I think I could do that in Hawaii. I just want to go to Hawaii and breathe that air for about, I don't know, five or 10 years. But that was a joke. But maybe you want to kind of stay put and do a few things and your spouse wants to be more active. So find a a home base in, in that place where you can stay put for a period of time and then schedule out days where your spouse goes and does certain activities and finds maybe some tour groups or that they can go out and do those things that they want to do while you're also having your uh, more relaxed experience. And every day you're coming back together and talking about, you know, how your day went. It's kind of like just being at home, you know, oh, how was your day today? Tell me what you did. Uh, Show me your pictures. But each of you has time to do your own thing while you're there at that home base in in this other location. You could agree to let each other go on solo trips occasionally or some trips with friends or tour groups. Hey, this is really important to you and you want to do this. So let's talk about how to enable you to do it. You can also think about those extended family members, as we've said, as a way of including that family in your travel and keeping travel meaningful for you as it pertains to your relationships and not just uh, for your own personal experiences. 
another thing, you know, we've alluded to this several times, the seasons of your life and how you might want to travel. In the early years, you might be more focused on adventure travel or travel that is more physically demanding. A lot of people get into retirement and they're like, I want to get in better shape. I want to be able to, you know, I'm going to get a personal trainer. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to lose a little weight. I'm going to get, you know, strengthen, do strength training and do some cardio training just to to get myself uh, feeling better. And that might include some travel experiences that are physically demanding. And then, you know, as you, as you get a little older, you might not try to go to Machu Picchu and do some serious hikes. You might not go out to Colorado and hike in the mountains at, at 10,000 feet or higher. What do they, what do they do in Colorado? Um, let's, uh, you know, I'm going to do all the 14ers, right? All the mountains that are over 14,000 feet. Uh, you may not want to do that when you get to be 85 or 90. <laughs> and so that might be the time to schedule trips that are more about sitting in, you know, a cafe in uh, Vienna or Paris and meeting friends there and talking. As I heard someone else say, uh, do you want to see stuff every minute or do you want to enjoy every minute? And so that you can do both, right? Schedule some trips when you're more physically active to see stuff. And then later in your travel life, maybe schedule some trips where you're just enjoying stuff. A little side note, that's an important concept at any stage in life, right? I'm, this is a see stuff day, and this is a just sit around and enjoy day. So as you think about then these different types of travel during different seasons of retirement, that means you do a little planning. Might involve making a bucket list or and prioritizing what you want to do, and then beginning to put a year, maybe a year or two or three next to each item. So you can say, this is important, and I might want to do that next year, or I want to do that in two years, or this trip's going to be really expensive. How can I make that trip less expensive by scheduling it during an off-season or while the dollar is strong and I can and it reduces the cost for me? So think about your budget, the seasons, the time frame of, of when you want to do those, and and give that some thought, sketch it out. And this, you know, that that those phrases again, your go-go years, slow-go years, no-go years, that really kind of coincides with this type of travel planning. You know, during your quote, no-go years, you can still think about uh, what you want to do travel-wise during that time. You may still be able to go if family members are taking you somewhere. (laughs) And sometimes during those no-go years, things will surprise you. My 91-year-old mother went to a a family wedding near Washington, D.C. And at the last minute, my sister and brother-in-law who were going to go with her had COVID. And my mom at age 91 said, I have traveled around the world and I've done a lot of travel by myself. I'm going. (laughs) So, you know, she had her stuff all packed and off she goes to the family wedding. Uh, Of course, when she arrived, she was around a lot of family, but she did the, the travel part by herself. Even during your go-go years, take some time to just relax, maybe sit on the beach, taking a long boat excursion, but still be aware of this no-go, slow-go, no-go years and how that fits into your travel budget. Yeah, and and, and Mel, just to kind of in wrapping up uh, somewhat, looking at the impact 
of this travel, whether extended or otherwise, the impact on our overall planning. And, and again, we want to reinforce the need to plan ahead. With all of these issues associated with travel in retirement, I think planning 10 years in advance is critical to optimize your, your travel fulfillment, if you will. Your travel goals could impact many aspects of retirement. We've alluded to many of these, your budgeting and savings, your desired place to live in retirement. It can impact that. The extent that you do any part-time work or volunteer work in retirement your, can impact your investments, how you define different stages of retirement. So certainly planning well ahead will help you optimize uh, your travel and retirement. But circling back to budgeting and financial modeling, as we call it, you started off the the episode with that. The extent that you travel will certainly impact what you need to save in pre-retirement. You know, a lot of times, again, it's not planned for. It's like, okay, what do we have left? What can we travel with? So I would suggest start with what do we want that ideal retirement to look like? And you could start to allocate, you know, living for today versus living for tomorrow in your in your working year. So it's critical to start to begin to formulate what that ideal travel looks like for you in retirement. No, that's so important because we've heard many people say, hey, these are the things I want to do in retirement. And this is the lifestyle I want to have, including travel. And if I need to work one more year or two mm -hmm. more years in order to have that lifestyle, I want to do it. I'd like to retire earlier. But if you, you know, fee-only financial planner, tell me that I need to work another year or two to may have this kind of lifestyle, then that's what I want to do. Absolutely. Understanding those trade-offs are key. And sometimes, Mel, we get the question, okay, yeah, I'm going to retire to this date. Here's my general spending. What are the possibilities now, right? Sometimes we see those projections. Hey, you you can retire comfortably at this age, but you didn't give me a lot of travel uh, expenses, yet you said that it was important to you. Let's talk about what that looks like. What's the maximum amount you can spend, say, for you know 10 more years or 15 more years? And then we plug that into the financial model and hopefully give them the green light to, you know, roam about the country as, as they say. So yeah, traveling or, or budgeting is critical in looking at travel and it, it could impact your asset allocation without getting into detail there. We've got the matched bucket approach and driving our clients asset allocation. So if you have higher spending needs earlier, you probably want more bonds rather than stocks in the early part of retirement. But travel can also, or your goals for travel and retirement can impact where you live could impact whether or not you might want to move in retirement. You might find that moving to another state or country may allow you to better fulfill what you're looking for from travel and retirement. For example, oh. if you want to visit several South American countries like I do, that's, that might be important for me in, in retirement. Perhaps actually moving to a South American country, maybe for a short duration, maybe two years, three years, or for even more extended period of time, maybe that is what you are looking for. So again, what's that ideal travel and experience you're looking for? And that might shape your move or it might impact how you travel. So, you know, if you don't want to go to the extremes of moving, it could impact the logistics of transportation, I should say. You know, if you, again, want to see several countries in, in South America, you don't want to move there. Well, maybe it's an extended trip, right? You see, instead of, you know, three Round trip to Nashville to Colombia, Nashville to Argentina, Nashville to Brazil. Now you're doing just one big trip 
over a particular summer or winter time to see uh, some of those places? You know, Steve, one thing uh, we've talked to people about is they want to go do some traveling. And one way they reduce their expenses is they, you know, move from, say, Atlanta, Georgia to somewhere in East Tennessee. So they've moved to a state that has no state income tax. So that reduced their annual expenses. And they probably have moved to a less expensive home. So they raised some cash from that transaction. And then while having this, you know, mountain home in East Tennessee in a, in a state with no income tax, now they've got more money to go travel the way they want. And they're not that, you know, if they got family in Atlanta, they're not that far from Atlanta to go go see family. So like you say, moving to another state can help uh, raise some dollars that way. Absolutely. Especially if you combine that with Roth conversions in a tax-free state. I, I like what you're thinking there. Oh, that's good. But, you know, planning for retirement could also help you reevaluate how you're living for today. And, and, and planning travel in retirement can also help you reevaluate your travel during your working years. You might say, gosh, I've got a lot of travel ideas on my bucket list, uh, and I want to keep working until I'm 67, but yet you realize, okay, health, your health span may not last for you know more than 10 years or what have you. So you don't have to wait, needless to say, until you retire to do some of these trips. Maybe your workplace will allow you a little more flexibility or different sabbaticals. So there's becoming more and more flexibility in the workplace, especially with today's tight, tight labor market. So think about traveling during your working years and that might give you you know a little bit more pleasure during your working years you're able to that might allow you to work a little bit longer because you're rejuvenated when you come back and you don't look at work maybe as as drudgery like maybe hopefully you're not looking at it that way but in some cases we see that so if you really begin to live a little bit more during your working years the combination of of working and travel may be a good offset to each other and one final thing, refine the plan as you get closer again. I said, you know, 10 years before retirement, really start to envision what that travel experience for you looks like. But as you get closer, you need to get a little bit more granular with your planning. I would suggest about three years before retirement that you have a pretty good bucket list that you referred to earlier, Mel, an idea of what your travel seasons look like you know, both during the year, you know, what months or, or seasons and across the years. Again, looking at the go-go, slow-go, no-go years, begin to establish your budget for travel. What's that look like? And how that, does that vary? Begin to think about who you want to travel with and ideas on how your travel goals will, again, impact your home, whether or not you stay in your home, rent it out, you know, move close, move far away, different options there. So putting proper planning in place will not only allow you to travel with confidence, but it will likely provide the optimal and, and most cost-effective, most time-effective ways to travel. And Mel, I was going to ask you too, in terms of what your travel, to put you on the spot, as you and Kimma think about travel in retirement, or as you think about travel before retirement, but what are some of the things that different paths you guys might be thinking about? What does travel look like for you? You just had your first grandchild. You know, you're not not caring for others, but at the same time, you want to be close to family, but you guys like travel. Retirement's not right around the corner, uh, but but what's that look like for you guys? Yeah, that's right. Grandbaby number one was born just a few days ago, and she, and she lives about two miles from us, so we don't have to travel to see her. But we we do have family in, in Denver, 
we are spending a little more time thinking about uh, let's go there. And from there, we might go do some things, right? So, oh, well, we get to Denver, we're in the mountains. Do we want to, there's lots of choices. And then uh, I like this idea of, you know, taking trips to the grandkids. I, I think we would plan on on that kind of a thing. And both of us grew up down on the Gulf Coast uh, around the water. And so any chance we get to go to the water is a great thing. And, uh, you know, as for for our company, having business in Florida, we love going down there, hanging out, maybe doing a little sailing, you know, just sitting somewhere where we can look out over the water would be a great vacation for us. So I'm going to flip it over, Steve, and point it right back at you. Yeah. What are your it, thoughts about that? Right. As I think about travel and retirement, it does help me skin back to what the notion I said earlier, think about travel now, right? Okay. I don't have to wait 15 years or 20 years whenever I want to retire to travel. So it is encouraging me to say, okay, step back and start traveling a little bit more now. So we're taking advantage of that a little bit. But yeah, I would like, I see myself maybe either having a second home somewhere or more than likely with the frugality in my background, you know, sell sell a home where I live now in Nashville and, you know, move to somewhere out West, whether it's Phoenix and explore that more for three years at Arizona Southwest area or the Northwest. Love to live uh, up in, you know, maybe Oregon, explore all of the Northwest has to offer for about three years. Uh, but I'd also like to do that in South America. So I probably can't do, you know, three years of all those different areas. I'm going to have to pick and choose maybe extended trips to to one of those and maybe live in, in another part. So uh, it, it requires a lot of planning, no doubt about it, but it's all possible, right? We love that the, that word possibilities. What are the possibilities? So we've got to start thinking about it, then look at our finances, the time, et cetera, and, and figure out a way to make it happen. Well, you know, Steve, I'm going to give you the same advice I'm going to give our listeners. And that is, it sounds like with those different goals that you have and ideas that you need to sit down and do some planning. List those travel goals, rearrange them chronologically about what you can do while you're still working, what you want to do right after you decrease your workload, whatever that looks like. Because you know some people today aren't just like walking out the door and they're done, right? They move to reduced role at work for a little while, but you can still plan your travel experiences around that. So it sounds like you need to take a trip and take time to plan out your travel experiences. Yeah, wow. that's a good point. Start to experiment a little bit to make, uh, you know, to allow me to make those longer, you know, bigger impactful decisions, if you will. Yeah. Take a trip to the Smoky Winter Mountains series. in the spring yes. and plan out your travel experiences. There you go. And proper planning, as we know, can bring clarity for today and confidence for tomorrow. So thanks everyone for joining us today at the Retirement Oasis. For more information, please go to theretirementoasis.com, where you can find links to additional resources that we've mentioned in this episode. And if you need guidance and encouragement in planning for your individualized retirement and want a fresh approach from fiduciary professionals, please visit our firm's website at oasiswealthplanning.com. And you can schedule an exploratory call with Steve or I and, and learn more about how we serve our clients. And of course, if you really liked what you heard today, please visit your favorite podcast platform. Give us a good rating and review. We really appreciate it as you share with others what has helped you 
and it helps us then reach even more people. So until next time, we wish you clarity, confidence, and cheer on the way to your retirement oasis. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Retirement Oasis podcast. You can find more episodes and resources at theretirementoasis.com. Steve Martin and Mel Bond are certified financial planning practitioners at Oasis Wealth Planning Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm headquartered in Nashville with meeting locations throughout the Southeast, including Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. The opinions given are for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, financial planning, or tax advice. Consult your own professionals for recommendations specific to your situation. Investments involve risk. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. On behalf of the crew at the Retirement Oasis, we thank you for listening. 